0: I'm aware of everything That's wrong with me But still you Accept me anyway I live with the past I can't get past And it still haunts me So I'm asking for The courage to make a change By your grave.
1: What is going on, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Next Milestone Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Boran, and this week we have another very special guest with us, Gavin Landry. Gavin is one of my running buddies, and he is a follower of Christ. He's a trainer at F45. He's a marathon runner, a hybrid athlete, an ex-college football player, and he has been recently married. We go talking about the struggles of you know, being single and you know, throughout the dating phase and things like that, because that is a stage that I'm currently in. Um, he has lots of good information to talk about, lots of history from his collegiate past as well as his current, you know, standings within running. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And this episode is also sponsored by A-Game Hydration Drinks. So You guys feel free to check them out at the link below. Again, thanks to Alex for giving us the drinks and doing everything that he does for me each and every week. Thank you guys. And thanks for tuning in. Share this episode with a friend and let's get to the episode. All right. And today on the next milestone podcast, we have Gavin Landry. How are you doing today?
2: Doing good, man.
1: So tell us a little about yourself.
2: Uh, first off I want to thank you for having me um, <clears throat> so uh, like Matt said my name is Gavin Landry uh, originally from White Castle Louisiana uh, very mm-hmm. small town from the west side um, I am 26 years old uh, newly married made nine months uh, with my wife in January um and I consider myself a hybrid athlete uh former collegiate football player turn runner um never in a million years that I think I would uh, ultimately get into running but uh it's something that uh truly found a passion for I guess you could say um and you know I, I have other various different roles, other hats I wear, but I'm also a personal trainer, uh, both in group settings uh, and individual one-on-one personal training. So, um, yeah, I have a passion for fitness and people. So uh, to help people set and achieve goals is, you know, something I'm very passionate about uh, and something I like to, I guess you could say, motivate me uh, to get out of bed every morning.
1: Yeah, for sure. You're definitely up and, and grinding every single day. <laughs> not, not very many people can do the amount of activities I guess you could say that like you or I would do and do it every single day pers- persistently you know yeah. a lot of people kind of lose motivation and then like I was kind of telling you earlier like the past couple weeks been hard for me because like post-marathon with the calf injury stuff but I'm trying to slowly get back into it and but let's we'll talk about that more later um so you ran your first marathon
2: when uh, my first marathon was January 2023
1: in Houston. Okay, so last year just yep. made a full year, I guess you could say,
2: with yep. with running because this past January you did yeah, the. I'd say I really half. got into running um, in. I finished playing in December of 21. So January, I trained for my pro day through March of 22. Um, So I guess that summer, um, I guess July 2022 is when I kind of really started looking to fill that inner void of the, you know, former athlete. Uh, Something that I could push myself in, something that I could be competitive in. Um, And I, you know, I still remember it started with a three mile treadmill run and then I'd run on the road. And at first it was how fast can I run three miles, zero knowledge about running um and then one day i meant i was like man you know let's see if i can run 10 miles you know that would be super cool and it was july it was 100 degrees it felt like and i remember dying walking half of them uh but it was dang cool to look down at the watch and see you know you run 10 miles on feet and um i'd say that's kind of really when the uh passion or i guess uh momentum started behind running and uh what i wanted to do and and, and go for go from go for from there
1: right yeah I'm, i kind of had the same story in the beginning i started with less miles i started off around like one to two you know in the yeah. beginning but slowly started to increase the distance but in the beginning it was all about the speed i didn't i yeah. didn't also understand how to like today for example we did the zone two run and stuff so it's just learning how to adapt, I guess. Yeah. And in the beginning, you don't know anything. Yeah.
2: And it all comes from, I think, knowledge and time. time and just, you know, being willing to have an open mind and not think, you know, everything and you have all the answers. Um, and I don't know, it was different for me coming from an athletic background where you're always trying to push it. It doesn't really, in, in football, it's just, you know, how hard can I go for how long? And, you know, right. it just really had to change my whole perspective from a sense of what I was trying to accomplish and how I was trying to get it done, if that makes sense. And, uh, even in my first marathon and, um, I I did every single run I did at my marathon pace that I ran, uh, in Houston. So, um, I was wondering why I was never seeing any growth as far as getting faster, but, um, I don't know. It just, it didn't make sense to me of why would I run slower when I'm, trying to run faster, you know, but, um, it's funny how it all works. Cause I regrouped heading into my second one and, you know, humble, humble myself and said, right. you know, I'm going to stick to the easy runs, make them easy zone two days. Um, uh, and I, you know, had a 23 minute PR. So, uh, it was really cool to see when you're willing to submit and, you know, trust the process um, and go with it that, you know, hard work does pay off. Um, and you know, you can't be banging your head against the wall, you know, it's and I love the saying that uh insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result uh so I I really liked the see the transitioning process uh from marathon one to two uh in 2023 for sure and a lot of it with
1: running it it definitely does feel like insanity like you do the same like yesterday you ran like I don't know like you you just say like you ran five miles this day at a zone two the next day you do the same thing over and over and over again and it's like you you don't really feel like you're getting faster but it's like slowly like you're noticing the heart rate either drops or the seconds are changing
2: yeah and the heart rate dropping and or you know you get you start doing interval runs and that pace is a little bit easier to hold right. uh, with the heart same heart rate down um and i mean you hit on it earlier the consistency and i think that's something i very much pride myself on of I think you can win 90% of things in life by just showing up and beating the next guy and you know just consistently this is what I'm going to do this is what I'm going to do Nick Baer says it all the time consistently good is better than occasionally great and that's I, a fact you know I I hang my hat on that of I can beat the next guy by just continuing to show up eventually he's going to get tired he's not going to show up and uh, you know just the consistency behind that and the compound effect it has not just in running, but I mean in life, whether that's you know you're trying to get more serious in your faith, uh, with your family, etc. How consistent can you be? Not, oh, I, you know, show up with a huge gift for my son's birthday, but you know I didn't, I wasn't a good dad the rest of the year. Right, um, you didn't you go know, to any it, of the t-ball games or whatever. Yeah.
1: Right, exactly, absolutely. I fully, I really like that answer um, or statement, I should say. But yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's talk about, I guess, like from going from your high school days, and yep. how did you lead into going and play collegiate football?
2: Yeah, so um, I grew up a very undersized kid, um, you know, it was always one of the smallest uh, kids in my class growing up. My dad's not very tall, my brother wasn't very tall, so I uh, was kind of definitely undersized for the majority of my life. Um, but uh, so I say that to say from early on, I knew I had to work a lot harder than the next guy, uh, which, you know, I had a dad who displayed daily what hard work and showing up and providing look like. So um, I, I think I definitely got a lot of the work ethic from him, um, along with consistency and just, um, I guess, mindset really. So uh, again, from early age, uh, having that. Hard-working mentality and you know, I was a multi-sport athlete. I played football baseball ran track basketball Pretty much anything that I could play uh, get my hands on Uh, you know, I wanted to play. I love to compete Um, and I I think That is one of my biggest things that I enjoy in in life outside of just running where there's pickleball there There's so many stuff. I love to Compete and trying to win at whatever it is the the task at hand It, it could be a game of cards. It could be a you know it doesn't really matter um if there's a chance to win you know i, I really do enjoy it so uh, like i said grew up playing multiple sports um kind of like any kid i feel like you know had dreams of you know going to play professionally um i'd say early on i wasn't quite sure which way i wanted to go um in sixth grade i played my or fifth grade i should say played my first year of tackle football and it was i wanted to go to the nfl uh so um, that's kind of when the football took over. I still, throughout high school, played football, baseball, basketball, and ran track. Um, but um, in sixth grade, I started working with my personal trainer um, by the name of Walt Williams in Brule. Um Got introduced to him, and uh, he tells the story all the time. but. At 12 years old with a snotty nose kid coming up to him saying coach i want to go to the nfl and him saying well let me show you the process of what that looks like so uh he took me under his wing at a very young age um, and to see the impact he's had on me not just in those earlier years but you know he trained me throughout college for my pro day etc um, someone i'm really thankful for and the impact he's had on me um, not just in um Athletics, but I mean very spiritual, Um, you know one of his sayings is spirit of God heart of a king blood of a champion um, And just the spiritual impact he's had on me um, And kind of growing my faith is something else. I'm truly thankful for with him Um, But like I said played those sports growing up football really kind of took over once I got to uh, high school uh, as far as me want knowing what I want to play in college, so um, but it's funny how it works. You know, I, I grew up in a very small town where, you know, it, it no one really, you know, kind of, you, you have a good high school run and it, you know, it pretty much ends for a lot of kids uh-huh. there. So, uh, but I knew where I was trying to get to. Um, I, I grew up with the mentality of, you know, I'm, I'm going to outwork the next guy. I know what hard works look like, not, not scared of it. Um, I, I had a very good trainer that, um, you know, was helping separate me um, from my peers, I guess you could say. Um, but, you know, th- that came with a lot of hard work. I remember – I I say it all the time, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you look back. Um, I did a lot of overtraining, I think, coming out of high school. But for me, I just – I wanted to be successful so bad that, you know, I, so it's something I truly did learn and something I'm very cautious of when I'm working with um, – people is not over training because um, you know I, I do think hard work is great but at the same time if you train a little bit too hard you know you really can't hinder yourself uh, on the back end so um but you know continued to work hard wanted to go play college football um i guess my junior year is when that kind of really became clear uh so you know started going to all kind of different camps um hadn't really heard anything back going into my senior year um, <coughs> kind of really branched out that year. So I went to a few different in-state school camps, Southeastern, Northwestern State, Louisiana College, um, Nichols, UL, schools like that, kind of in our area. Um, Again, kind of didn't really hear too much. Uh, Got a little interest from Northwestern State and Southeastern. Um, They were kind of talking walk-on opportunities. So, you know, kind of kept my ears open to that. Um, And then, went into my senior year, you know was having a great year uh as far as you know the numbers go was crushing goals I had set um and then um but you know we also just looking back at it, we had a great year as the team wise um but um looking back season uh end of the season came, and um that was you know kind of it I hadn't really heard from any coaches during the season um so some smaller schools like uh shoot louisiana college had reached out uh kind of towards the end of my senior year and you know for the longest i honestly thought that's probably where i was going to end up you know signing day was in february um and then a week before signing day um northwestern state called me and said we got a walk-on spot and i said all right i don't need to come visit i'll that sounds good to me you know I'll, I'll sign the papers on wednesday for signing day so um decided i was going to walk on in northwestern state um i kind of knew that that would be a you know challenge i that you everyone says you know it's hard to walk on you see the movies of uh, rudy uh and the challenges guys like that face so uh, but you know i had a good mentality going into it i wasn't Gonna back down. I knew my work ethic, um, and I thought that that could get me over the hump. So, uh, walked on there and uh, was, you know, best blessed to get there, play for six years, um, and ended up earning a scholarship. So, uh, you know, the the journey turned out as you know as good as I could imagine. But yeah, so walked on. Um, it was pretty humbling. You know, you get there, and uh, I was. You know, considered one of the better players on my team, but, you know, you get to college and you realize everyone was what you were at their respective high school, right. uh, and in my case, they were what I was at much bigger schools than I was at, so, um, uh, you also get there and you realize, you know, they say the term walk-on doesn't matter, everyone's part of the team, but you definitely realize there is some, you know, and it's just part of it, I understand, you know, college athletics is a business, so... Uh, but, you know, there's little stuff that I noticed uh, early on that, I don't know, maybe it didn't matter to the next guy, but as far as where my locker was and the helmet choice I got to pick, and, uh, you know, it just kind of felt bottom of the barrel type stuff sometimes, you know, slim pickings, if you will. So, uh, but that was stuff, you know, I, all, I took mental notes of and remembering, you know, what I was trying to get to, what I was trying to accomplish. So, um, yeah, just – continued to do my part, show up. Uh, I actually got hurt in my red shirt freshman year. Uh, separated my shoulders, so I uh, missed, you know, the last, I, I red in my freshman year, but you know, it, w- it was different to go from playing, I mean, in high school I was playing 140 snaps a night to you get to college, not only you're not playing, you're walk on, all you're doing is scout team, um, essentially just a dummy out there, you know, trying to get the guys Looks, Which was totally fine with me, you know, I, I think it was a great lesson for me to learn, not just football, but in life that sometimes, you know, you got to play the role and, you know, maybe you're in a season of your life that, you know, in the greatest or most fun, I guess you could say. But, you know, I was helping those other guys prepare and what we were trying to accomplish on Saturday nights. So um, definitely learned a lot during that season was, again, the first time I'd ever really been injured. Um, but went through that season red shirted. Um, you know, came back the next year, um, and worked my way on the special team. So, uh, that was, I knew going into it, um, that was going to be my route. I couldn't play receiver if, you know, I was at home on Saturday night. So I worked my way on the special teams through the off season. Um, and just, again, it, it came back to consistency, I remember our special teams coordinator uh, in one of our first meetings of that spring, standing up and um, telling guys that I was going to start on special teams because of the work I had put in um, in the offseason, just being someone they could trust, someone they could count on, someone that they were going to tell you need to be on a 25-yard line um, on the inside of the hash, and they knew that I was going to be there. So um, to see that trust, to feel like I wasn't being seen, but to see it, Come to fruition pretty early on in my career was pretty, pretty cool, and it made all that work that I was putting in worth it. Uh, you know, I, I think we live in a microwave society in 2024 that everyone wants to see it and wants to see it now. Um, and you know, thankfully for me, it, it did work out that way. But you know, I also was going to be totally fine, and I was going to continue to show up and do what I needed to do if it hadn't happened that spring. So, um, which continuing on the journey, you know, I, I got on special teams that year um again it was humbling year for me you know you you think you finally you're not redshirted now you're playing and again i was used to playing 140 snaps a night getting the ball every single play i'm scoring the touchdowns i'm making the tackles um to now i'm just playing special teams on saturday nights. you know i'm getting eight snaps maybe on a good night um and, you know, but I was, you know, showing up, doing my job, doing what needed to be done. Um, played that whole year, uh, straight special teams. Had had a few different plays that I made that I can look back and remember on, but uh, it wasn't where I wanted to be um, in the grand scheme of things. So, continued to uh, press in, um, continued to grind, and then uh, going into my sophomore year, um, We had some guys graduate, so I kind of, you know, had to step up on the depth chart, started to get in, get some action, especially in the spring, kind of how I mentioned the year before, Um, but this time it was at receiver, so I'm really starting to learn the ropes. I didn't play receiver in high school, so those first two years was a lot of learning for me as far as how to read a defense um, and just, I mean, it's a totally different position. So uh, from terminology and how we call plays in high school to the game was just a thousand times faster uh, for me at that level. So um, started to continue to work um, and then going into that year, I was second on the depth chart, thought I was gonna, you know, we kinda had a two, two deep rotation that we like to roll with. Um, and then going into that year, we actually, Um, signed a great player um, heading into fall camp going into my sophomore year Um, a guy came in from Texas Tech um, and unfortunately for me I mean he was better than me it is what it is so that kind of knocked me down a little bit of the depth chart again Uh, but you know still had some promise I was still starting on all the special teams obviously but um, you know again that that wasn't my goal of what success looked like for me so um <clears throat> was still working my way in, playing a little bit. I, I actually was getting on the field at receiver. Um, and then in week four of my red shirt sophomore year, I missed one block um, and did not play receiver the rest of the year. Uh, so that was kind of humbling for me um, again. But it came back to, you know, we're trying to get you in reps. You had a job to do. You didn't get it done. And that was uh, the ultimate. You know, I, I still played special teams, but it was very humbling for me in the sense of, Um, you know, I didn't do my job one time and just like that, um, get it taken away in a sense. So, um, was very humbling, kind of really struggled mentally, honestly, for a little bit the rest of that year. Um, but, uh, got back to it, finished the year, um, and then going into what was going to be my junior year. Um, we actually signed another junior college guy transfer, um, heading into my junior year. And I remember it to this day. I walk in and see the depth chart. I had gone from two to one, and we signed this guy. He hadn't even stepped foot on campus yet and was already ahead of me. Um, And I remember going home that night and making the decision that come hella high water at the end of this spring, I don't care what it looks like, I didn't go out. I said there will be no questions asked who deserves a spot when it comes to the end of the year. So um, I did go on to have a – Great spring, um, I sacrificed a lot. You know, it was a lot of nights just me on Saturday night, um, but that was totally okay with me. I knew what I was trying to get accomplished. I, I learned different things. Of I don't know. I, I felt like I was working hard, but I remember making that mental decision that it's not enough. You're gonna have to take it to another level if you're trying to get to the place you're trying to go. So um, I remember just vividly making that mental decision, uh, and you know. Stand later, getting there earlier you know i i don't know i felt like i was lying to myself feeling sorry for myself you know but um so to go for that season of sacrifice um and see it pay off i, I was awarded uh the spring game mvp uh that year uh, of our spring game i uh, had like uh two touchdowns a few hundred yard, or a hundred and something yards um and then you know that that was a huge staple for me um the whole goal of this process was to play and to get a full ride scholarship. Um, and I think the performance I had that spring, uh, was a staple in me getting put on scholarship that fall. So, um, that was huge for me. Um, I also got really involved with our church, um, that going into that, um, going into that spring. So, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that at a time where I was sacrificing and as most on fire for God is one of, as I've, pretty much ever been in my life that, you know, I started to see things align. So um, that was huge for me, not just in athletics, but in my faith, in my personal life, et cetera, um, to accomplish what I was, you know, I mean, that was a five-year goal I had set um, and to see it come to fruition was uh, huge for me. So um, that came to fruition um, and it's funny how it works. Um, I had spent six years working towards this goal that I thought was going to be the end-all, be-all, and that this was just going to fill me up. Um, and I still remember my head coach telling me, and it was one of the most empty feelings ever. It just He told me I was on scholarship, and my first thought was, this is about dang time. You know, I deserve this. This is what was supposed to happen. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it was very – it was, God dang, it's about time. And then the next thing was, now I want to play. Uh, Well, then I started playing. I won the starting job going in that fall camp. Um, And I don't know. It was a season where I learned that, um, as cliche as it sounds, stuff of this world is truly never going to fill you up. You're always going to want more money. You're always going to want the next promotion. You're always going to want the bigger truck. Jimmy's going to have the bigger house. Johnny's going to have the bigger boat. It it just never ends. And when you're chasing stuff like that, um, you know, it it can be a dangerous game to play because – I said I got, you know, spent six years or four years working to get put on scholarship. um, And then three months to the date after, I ended up tearing my ACL. Uh, So it was a very humbling season. Um, And, you know, I I still remember looking back on it and feeling like um, I had also kind of, I don't know, it was funny. I, I said that I was pressing in in my faith and, you know, doing all these things right. Um, and it was finally like I felt like I got what I deserved and I backslid in a sense, um, just in my personal life and choices I was making. Um, and I remember tearing my ACL that night, um, October 19th, 2019, and feeling like God telling me I can give it to you and I can take it away just like that. Um, and, you know, it was it was very humbling for me in the sense to see that uh, – very humbling in the sense to see uh it was the first time I had been hurt in my life uh at any point in my career uh so to look back on it um and see um you know that sometimes you know God will break you down uh, to build you back up into who he's called you to be um and uh I, I truly did need that in my life at the time you know I uh felt like I I deserved all this stuff that I was getting, uh, from what I was doing and the, you know, the Bible was clear. You, you don't, you're not faith. Isn't just because you don't have faith and just get granted good things, you know, um, you know, there's more to it than that. So, uh, it was very convicting for me and my spiritual walk. Um, uh, but it was also a huge time for me because, um, I got to see how much football had just taken over my life i mean it was truly my identity was i mean you you think or i think back to it the first thing i tell anyone when i meet them i'm gavin landry you know i play football at northwestern state um and we're called so much more to that as humans than you know our job or our athletic adventure or whatever we are uh you know at the end of the day we're all sons and daughters of god and um, i think for me i had to really get back to that of who i was as a person um, because football not just from my identity but you know i've looked at my life i mean i'm at the field at practices until two i'm getting there at you know 12 o'clock you know i'm spending two hours there um, earlier trying to do all these things like i was talking about the consistency and catching all these extra balls and staying later this that and the other um, and it's like football had taken over um my own life so um it was very humbling for me uh but then you know i, I did go on to rehab covid hit got to move back home and do some rehab um here um, be close to my family which was huge for me um and you know i i ended up to make a full recovery and went on to play two more years um uh left being voted a two-time team captain um, by my teammates which was Uh, to this day one of my greatest honors that I've received um, to be voted on by the guys in the locker room um, to represent them was uh, huge for me um, especially leaving coming in as a walk-on and someone that had stayed through uh, and saw it all the way through for six years uh, was uh, you know something I was very proud of to leave there having accomplished. Uh, To look back on the journey I had from you know walk on the special teams to starter um to getting injured um and and staying at one school through it all (laughs) you know in 2024 yeah I I feel like you see a lot of guys um stay here for a season stay here for a season going to the next school which um you know in some cases works out for a lot of guys but in my own experience I've seen it not work out you know sometimes the grass ain't always greener um and it was you know For me, there's lessons I learned being at one school and having to stay and fight and claw uh, where, you know, I probably could have walked away and went to a smaller school and played immediately and maybe had an immediate impact. But uh, for me, there was stuff um, that I learned that I think, you know, God had a a part for me to be there uh, and intended for me to learn there. So um, that was huge for me. Um, Just the journey, you know, I I think so many people want to – you know, have this great story to tell, um, and, you know, all these things they went to, and, um, I, I heard it at an FCA retreat one time, you know, everybody wants a testimony, but nobody wants to test, uh, you know, sometimes as Christians, as humans, we've got to go through things, um, because I've seen it since I started working, um, and transition out of football, you know, life's tough, man, sometimes stuff happens, uh, and if, if we put ourselves in a position where when things get hard we're always running to the next thing um you know there's things you learn in those seasons of sticking through stuff uh when things aren't going your way and um you know you're you feel like you should be starting but you're not and you know this guy isn't doing his stuff in the classroom and you are and he always shows up late but you're always there 20 minutes early uh, and you know it boils down to sometimes life ain't fair uh so that was you know huge for me and learning Uh, especially when I was a walk-on man of, like I said, there's a noticeable discrepancy between how they treat scholarship players and how they treat walk-ons. And, um, you know, there's every coaching staff in the country, I feel like, will say that that's not true. Um, But I've seen it in my own walk. I hear it from other guys. Um, At the end of the day, they're paying for this guy to be at school. They're not paying for you. Uh, So when it comes down to it, he's going to get ten more chances than you would ever get. So, um but it worked out it taught me how to hone in on my craft how to I was I wasn't perfect but when I'm telling you I was striving for it I knew I wasn't ever going to taint it but I was going to control everything as far as that I could Of if they told me to be at 10 yards I was going to be at 10 yards if they needed me to be here I was going to be there um just the stuff that you can control um I say it all the time control what you can control um you know and at the end of the day, again, it, it applies to life. Sometimes you're going to wake up, you're going to have a flat tire. There's, Is there anything you can do about it? No. So you just, you know, me f- freaking out, getting pissed off, getting mad, it ain't going to change the tire, and I still got to get to work for, you know, 9 or 8.30, whenever it is. Uh, right. So, um, again, just the growth and being able to look back on that time now, um, you know, going through different challenges in life, Um, with work, career, marriage, et cetera, uh, having a time where I can look back and you know where I went through a hard season is huge for me. Um, It's something I'm extremely thankful for.
1: For sure, man, that was a great spill. I mean, all the way through, I I knew most of it, but I didn't know all of it. And I really liked hearing pretty much everything that you just said. Um, Let's talk about, just to backtrack a little bit, uh, you said you played multi-sports in high school and stuff. And you mentioned track, so you did have a little bit of a running career, I yeah. guess you could say, in, in high school, too. Um, what what distances and stuff did you do with yeah, that? Yeah, so
2: it's actually funny that you just asked me that. Yeah. Uh, so I did primarily, you know, four-by-one uh, relays. Um, really, the four-by-one, and I, I say I ran track. I played baseball, which is in the same time as track. So me and these three other guys, we never really practiced. We we'd do a few the day or the week of the district meet we'd go and practice our handoffs but other than that I mean uh we ran track but we ran in the district meet um we went to regionals my junior year uh which was cool but I also um looking back on it I did run the mile because we had a small district and it was based upon points um and there was only I think two guys running it and third place immediately got points so uh, I remember taking one for the team and uh Ended up running the mile. Um, I can't, I think it was like five something, you know, five, four, it was sub six, I remember. Uh, But it's so funny, Um, just thinking back on it, I remember crossing the finish line and literally feeling like I was gonna die. (laughs) Uh, And the other two guys, they were from a school that, I mean, breeded runners. Um, I think one of those guys actually went on to run collegiately. Uh, but they finished and they kept running around the track and I'm literally got my hands on my head laying down in the grass feeling like, you know, the world's ending. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was my <laughs> time. <laughs> That's
1: good stuff. Um, so you mentioned the uh, injuries and stuff throughout your career. So you had a shoulder injury and yep. you had a ACL tear. Did you have anything else that was like kind of involved with, you know, like your, your startup, I guess you could say?
2: um as far as injury wise yes um those were two i guess bigger injuries i had had in my later career um but like you said looking back on it um my senior year of high school um we did a random ekg test at our our school and uh me and one other guy got deemed i guess you could say um and Uh, He he went in and did some tests the day before me, and they told him, oh, we just set the EKG up wrong. You're good to go. Um, So I'm going the next day with my mom thinking, oh, cool, you know, they just messed up. Um, Never had any problems or anything in regards to my heart.
1: that's a warm, fuzzy feeling, too, to go get your heart checked if they tell you that they messed
2: up. Yeah, so um, I get there, um, do the EKG, and the guy comes back in, and he looks a little concerned, and I'm like, Doc, what's up? Um, and it actually turned out I had a, um, a hole in my heart, ASD, uh, It was about the size of a quarter in my left atrium um, that, you know, had never had any problems with, never had a heart murmur, um, had done some, you know, normal blood tests, you know, did the uh, stethoscope at the doctor, you know, never had anything wrong, but... Um, yeah. So got diagnosed with the ASD at 18 years old in high school. Um, didn't really know what that meant. Um, I remember being at the doctor and, you know, not really understanding kind of what all that entailed. Um, but they told me that it would be a quick fix and they could go in through my leg and up to my heart and plug it. And, you know, they made it really seem like it wasn't a big deal. Uh, so I was kind of like, okay, cool. But, um, so I played the rest of my senior year with it, uh, which looking back on it, um, what is a, I mean, a miracle in itself, you know, God is good, but, um, I didn't know prior to my senior year about it. So, um, if something crazy would have happened, you know, it would have just been a freak accident. If something would have happened, you know, right. I would have, uh, you know, passed out on the field or something, but you know, there was kind of a risk associated with me going out there every Friday night and playing with it. Um, just in the sense of, you know, now, you know, you know, there's a risk associated with it. So um, I I took some blood thinner medication and stuff like that, you know, to, um, kind of help with it or help mitigate it in any reason, anything that could have happened. Uh, it, it wasn't The ASD wasn't anything of what you hear when, you know, someone passes out on the field and passes away. Um, It it, kind of was more just something I was born with and the heart was taking care of itself. Uh, But, uh, like I said, they told me it was a quick fix, so I finished up my senior year uh, football, um, transitioned into basketball. We had the surgery set for um, January in New Orleans um, and went to get it done um within 15 minutes the doctor came back out and told my parents we can't do it uh they thought if they put the device in that it would potentially cut through my aorta um and I would essentially bleed out uh so when I woke up and it wasn't done I kind of freaked out because I knew that that meant open heart surgery um so uh you know it got real I guess you could say um and uh, we we ended up we scheduled open heart surgery in Boston uh, for March 30th, 2016, in my senior year, um, and um, you know that was the goal. I, you know it was a lot of back and forth of when we wanted to do it. If I did it now, I'd miss the rest of my high school sports with football, baseball. Uh, or not football, baseball and basketball and track, couldn't run, uh couldn't play those other two sports. But if I waited and did it, then, you know, I'm essentially having to miss a whole season uh, of Inclusion. football. Right. So um, and then there was also talks of if you have open heart surgery, you may not be able to play football again. Just I mean, they crack your sternum, you know, right, that, right. that hearing them say that, I mean, that still gives me chills thinking about of, you know, them cracking your sternum open and uh the the way they explained it is that they would do that and take my heart out and put it on the table and patch it up like a pair of blue jeans is literally what the doctor told me. So uh, that kind of had an uneasy feeling about it going into it. But um, so it, it was a hard time just in general, um, knowing what potentially could be coming. And then also just the stress it put uh, on not just me, but my family. Uh, it is one of the only times in my life I've ever seen my dad cry. Um, it was very humbling just to think back on it um, and just to see the impact that it wasn't just having on me, but my family and, you know, potentially what could happen. So um, kind of really made a decision that night, actually, when, when the stuff happened with my dad of, you know, again, something I couldn't control. I was going to put my faith in God, really dive back into his word, his promises, what he had for my life um, and um, you know, went on, started, you know, kind of just come to terms with it, really came to peace with it, um, and then two weeks before we went to Boston, we got an email saying that they thought they could do the quick fix, um, or at least they were going to give it a go, so, um, kind of had a sense of renewed strength, renewed hope going into it, um, and, uh, flew up there, uh, horrible start to the trip, missed our first flight, (laughs) uh, so, uh, that was a, great start to the trip like i said and i uh, was praying that this wasn't a sign of things to come right uh, but it was weird man we go there thinking they're gonna do this quick fix but we're also having to prepare like we might be there for two weeks uh, if the heart open heart has to happen um so uh, we get there to do some tests uh, they think it's all gonna work out i go back uh go into surgery march 30th 2016 um have the surgery uh goes through they go through my leg up to my heart um they they called it a plug uh they essentially used the vein went all the way up to my heart put the plug in on one side pulled it through released it um that closed the hole and my heart grew over it um and the hole was closed so um you know Technology is unbelievable. The fact that they could get to a hole in my heart through You're a vein lying. in my leg is unbelievable. Um, but I played a baseball game three days later. Um, so, you know, God is good. Uh, crazy story. Uh, and then thinking back on all that. So, like I said, one of the most strenuous times in my life with just the impact it was having on me, on my family. Me questioning God a lot of why me, why now? you know, I still didn't really, was unsure what college looked like, if I would be even to play anymore. Um, and then I know I mentioned the spring game, um, that, that fall or that spring of, uh, 2019. Yeah. 2019. Uh, and so crazy guy moment, man. Um, uh, so that my heart surgery was March 30th, 2016, March 30th, 2019, uh, was actually the day of our spring game. And it, I, again I had the two touchdowns the 130 yards and spring game MVP which was a staple of me getting put on scholarships so um, to look back on it all and there was so much that went into it man spring was supposed to be two weeks earlier but it got moved so uh, you know <laughs> people have their own uh, speculations and chance and this and that but man a hundred percent I totally believe it was a god thing man and to look back on it Uh, It was just a reminder for me that, you know, he's always in control. He's working when we don't see it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it may take a year to see it pay off, like it did with the walk-on thing um, and getting on special teams. And sometimes it may take three. um, But it comes back to trusting in him, knowing he's always working, um, knowing he has a plan for you, um, and knowing that that his plans are far better than anything we can think or imagine. Um, And I know it's a lot easier said than done. But uh, for me in my life now, moving forward, um, especially since then, and, you know, just in other things with work, running, et cetera, uh, you know, I always I know he's always in control and he's, you know, working even when I don't see it. It it might not always make sense, but, uh, you know, we, we can't even begin to comprehend things that he's doing and aligning uh, for each of our own individual lives.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Something that my youth pastor said this past, uh, about two weeks ago now, I kind of mentioned it on a podcast that came out this a few weeks back by the time this comes out. But um, I talk about God's plan for you and like how adapting, you know, like the things that you set out, like your successes that you want in your life and how they correlate to God's plan they probably don't align, right? Or like the things that he has planned for you, what it's going to take for you to get to those plans, all the trials and tribulations like you had mentioned, like all the things that you went through through your college career, you know, with the setbacks of becoming a walk-on and like being hazed, I guess you can call that a little bit and everything and, you know, like, and then once you got to that level, that it was probably like more of a personal desire, right? Yeah. And then like once you achieved that goal, you felt like it was deserved yeah. and like it's not like a, a cockiness thing but like it's just like you're like i've been i've been i've been doing this work for so long and just not yeah. realizing it you know yeah. what i mean type of thing yeah and then like once you get it you said you got hurt like you got it got stripped away yeah and that's like crazy because like if you would really think about what happened from the time that you tore your acl to now like the amount of growth and like uh, knowledge yeah. that you've like learned since then you know like it's it's drastically made a change on who you become because like let's say if you wouldn't toward your acl what would have happened
2: yeah and i mean picking up on that point of i think one of the worst things you know everybody like we live in a microwave society everybody wants it they want to they want it now uh you know they they don't want to wait they want that instant gratification uh but i think one of the worst things in life that can happen is you get it but you're not ready for it uh and you watch it just you know implode on itself because you couldn't handle it you couldn't handle this you see it all the time i mean people especially when someone for a prom example someone wins a lottery and you know that in three weeks they're not even here anymore because it's just you know too much at one time and you know they can't handle it so um, i kind of really think about that a lot and you know the idea that sometimes again you got to prepare you got to make sure um because, you know, I I I thought I deserved the scholarship way earlier. Um, but I mean, good thing I had found God when I did, you know, in twenty nineteen. If I didn't and I'd got it two years before. I mean, there's no telling what I would have uh, right. you know, could have got into or uh as far as just mentality and I was in a much better situation, um, living wise too. Um I was living with our church pastors at the time, so um, that's another crazy thing about how guy works is, again, you know, sometimes he just puts you in situations, uh, you know, where he knows you need to be. Um, and, you know, sometimes people get uncomfortable or uh, they feel like, why need me, why now? Uh, and then it all comes to fruition and, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20 but um, again, he, he's always working. He's always uh, moving things forward for the uh, betterment.
1: That's right. and to touch back on like what my youth pastor said like if you also knew what God was gonna put you through to achieve the goals that you want or that he wants you to achieve you probably wouldn't want to go through the trials and tribulations you know what I mean and most of the time the things that you want and the things that he wants for you are completely different and are likely better than what you could have expected if you would have done it your way um let's talk about I guess like uh, your marriage and stuff I know All this kind of like transitioned some throughout throughout college. I don't know how deep you want to get into it. You can just kind of do some surface level stuff. But I know you were y'all were dating and stuff throughout college, and it was a little a little wild ride that we talked about. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because like obviously I just got in a new relationship myself and stuff, and we had like a really good talk the other day about this. So I just kind of wanted to like talk about that, and I want to read a scripture reading that's going to lead into that. So, if you just want to give, like, a little... Yeah,
2: so, yeah, we we dated How you all met and stuff, yeah. yeah. we dated in college. Uh, you know, I guess the uh, stereotypical college relationship, she was a dancer, I was a football player. It's kind of how we originally met. Um, and um, she was... She had graduated in high school in two years before me. So, she had been there. Uh, it, it's So, she's one of the younger... Or she has a September birthday, so she she was one of the younger in her class. Um, but she's technically two years in school older than me. But she's only a year older than me. Um, but I say that to say she was two year had been at NSU two years before I got there. So um, and then I redshirted. So again, it's just like now she right. took another year ahead of me. So she was graduating um, when I was leaving in my second year, um, and she had a dream and a desire to move out of Louisiana, um, decided to move to Nashville. Uh, so we tried to make the long distance work for a minute. Um, but you know, to be Dayton and be nine hours apart, uh, you know, that's a little bit farther than the drive. I was in season. I also was still a walk on I didn't really have money to, you know, just up and fly. I was only, I wasn't even 21 yet. So my parents definitely wasn't letting me drive to Nashville. um, so we, you know, and I mean, we saw each other one time in six months. It's just really hard to make a relationship um, work like that. It, and it can be done, but for us, we just were in a season where you know, let's walk away for each from each other for now. And you know, as cliche as it is, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. So uh, we, we went our separate rate, separate ways uh, for almost three years. Uh, but in that time, the growth we both experienced, um, we had some. Um, I guess disagreements early on, uh, or I wouldn't even say disagreements, um, butted heads per se. She was um, a, meth- she grew up Methodist, I grew up Catholic. Um, so you know, the the Bible talks about being equally yoked um, Correct. and, and, and kind of something we just, you know, it's hard when you grow up one way and the other person grows up the other, you know, there's got to be some sense of compromise in the middle um or you can do both you know but you got to be in agreement uh, is my whole point uh so when we split up i think it's cool how it all worked out she actually found non-denomination um and so did i um and then you know we had a buddy get married um in 2020 yep covid uh and we kind of uh i guess rekindled there and you know Two totally different people from what we were in college uh, with totally different goals. So, uh, rekindled there, got connected again, started uh, to talk again a little bit. Um, But, you know, she went back to Nashville. I was still in Natchitoches, so um, it kind of doomed it off a little bit. Uh, But, you know, continued to stay in touch a little bit. Uh, I remember when I went through the ACL tear, uh, and my grandpa had actually passed away a few months before I tore my ACL that summer. Um, and she had reached out to me and texted me. So, um, and I mean, one of the coolest things about our story. Um, so that year uh, that I began starting, my actual first start of my career was against LSU and Baton Rouge, um, the 2019 national championship team. Um, and we weren't together. We weren't speaking really at the time. Uh, and she flew in from Nashville uh, and, and she made that game. So, um and I'll never forget, She, my mom asked, you know, what did you doing here? And uh, she said I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Uh, so, really cool uh, story about her and who she is as a person, you know, to not even really have any strings attached at this point, but for her to still go out of her way to know how much that game meant to me um, and I guess her thinking in the future of, you know, what could be. Uh, so, uh, but rekindled, um, and then uh, I remember – you know kind of wanting to take things serious. I knew graduation was coming for me. I obviously couldn't play football forever. Um uh, and we really we played so covid happened. We actually had the first spring season of college football. Um and me and her had really been talking again that that semester. Um and I decided I was going to go see her in Nashville. Uh you know I guess had had a little money now, you know, on scholarship right, right. so uh booked the flight, went out there and saw her. Um and then uh yeah kind of been uphill ever since you know uh she i finished school uh she moved back to baton rouge um got a job here Uh, i was training for my pro day and then um you know once that ended i mean i I started working and you know one of the first things i did was bought a ring i knew i kind of knew so um yeah that's awesome i
1: I like that she flew down too like whenever y'all weren't even really talking or anything that's incredible shows that she truly did care you know even though like y'all weren't together at the time um so let's talk about the pro day real fast before we start yeah spiraling into that more um so whenever you were setting out and you got your you know you was on special teams and stuff and then you was also playing a little bit wide receiver stuff too right so what uh how did that correlate into like pro day i guess from like your senior year training
2: with the injury yeah so i uh like i said my goal since i was a kid was like every kid's goal. i mean i didn't want to be working every day thinking what if what if what if uh and i mean for me personally uh, even I wanted to go through with the pro day and everything. Cause I wanted to get, even if it was just a tryout, I wanted to get to that level and just see like, can I not get open? I mean, are these guys and they probably are. And I didn't obviously didn't get the opportunity, but I just wanted to see, can the kid from white castle, the undersized walk on that, you know, works as hard as I worked, et cetera. Can that compete at the highest level there is to play? Uh, and, you know, it, ultimately didn't get the opportunity to do it but um you know i went into that experience knew it was going to be a long shot uh, i knew it was going to have to be the right situation um i knew i was going to have to test well uh, but you know another season of uh something that i can look back and hang my hat on i mean that was one of the most just from training wise and what we were doing and how we were doing it and all for a what if like i, I worked for worked out for three months literally for a you know Probably less than five percent chance of something even coming from it, uh, but uh, it was huge for me in my life and just mentality of, yeah, I'm gonna risk it all. I'm gonna, I'm going all in, all my eggs in one basket. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna do what needs to be done, and we're gonna see what see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, uh, it won't be because I didn't do the work. It'll just be because God had something better for me. So. Um, I went on to do the pro day. Uh, I knew I was going to have to test well in certain areas. Um, I I crushed my bench press. I did 15 reps at 225, uh, which was huge for uh, my position. Um, I didn't test well in the 40. Uh, I didn't test as well as I wanted to in the L drill. I I slipped, um, and I thought we were going to get two opportunities. We only got one. Kind of kept it moving. So, uh, but it was a great experience, man. I mean, we had 32 NFL teams there. Uh, it was pretty sweet, to total line for the 40-yard dash. And you look up and, you know, there's, you know, 32 scouts with a stopwatch waiting for you. Right. Um, I wish I would had a blazing time that, you know, made them take a second look. Uh, but, you know, again, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. We got to do it at the Saints facility. Um, so it was a great experience. Uh, and for me, again, just mentality and another – part of my story and my process of, you know, sometimes you're going to do everything you need to do. You're going to do the right things. You're going to show up. You're going to work hard. Uh, But, again, sometimes it just doesn't work out, and that's okay. Guys, got, obviously, something better for you. Um, But, again, it it came back to me of I wanted to see if I could get to that level, and I wanted to – I wasn't going to be working every day thinking, man, you know. What if. Yeah. What if, and I'm not watching football on Sundays now thinking, man, I should have I should have tried, man. What if I'd have tried? So uh, I gave it a go. Um, got it other plans. I, I probably could have done something overseas, um, in something regards to that, but for me, it was kinda NFL or bust for me. Um, and, you know, got it other plans. So For um, sure. Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: Um no, I don't know. I, I like the, the story of with with you and your wife for a reason because like with the long distance standing. Yeah. And because I'm kind of in that situation right now I mean the girlfriend that I have she lives in Dallas yeah. and then obviously I'm here in Baton Rouge area so it's just kind of like it's it's a little distance problem right now but like we have a, a formula I guess that we kind of yeah made up that I was kind of telling you like every other week one person will come or go yeah so I, I think it'll, it'll be fine
2: and we're also at a different maturity age oh for sure that, and I think that makes all the difference in the world again I mean right. I'm in college I'm 20, and, you know, I a lot of struggle was – I think I've kind of told you before, but um, I had FOMO. I mean, I, I lived with four other football players, and, you know, I want to hang out with the guys, but, you know, she wanted to FaceTime, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fight that inner battle. of right. like I need to FaceTime my girlfriend. I mean, I haven't seen her all day, but, you know, I want to hang out with my friends and, you know, balance being a kid in college. Uh, so, um, which – looking back on it now because we did have to do long distance again later down the line when we got back together in that 2019 semester uh, and something we preached was it's not the distance but how you handle it and being able to like you said find a formula find a a strategy uh, have a system that it it works for both of us healthy Uh, we don't feel like it's too much and then you know just being intentional uh, which I think it all comes back down to that is just intention and uh, pursuing them even though you know they may be a little bit further um and you may have to go a little bit out your way but um at the end of the day uh you make time for what what matters um and i think that's something i've seen in my own life not just relationally um but running and lifting the whole nine uh, if it matters enough you'll you'll make time for it yeah for sure
1: but no like so with me and her like something that we do like you mentioned about the facetime and thing like so every night like we will have like like bible time you know oh, what nice. i mean like while that's we great. like read and stuff so like I really like enjoy that about our relationship. Like we like, I feel like we place God first and stuff. And if it wasn't for the man that I had became over this past year throughout this whole process, like there's no way that this could have worked. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't have been equally yoked like like you were saying.
2: And again, that goes back to just the, sometimes you got to go through hard seasons and learn stuff on your own or learn stuff. Uh, when times don't seem fair, you know you, you got to go through that pressing the crushing, um, you know. That's I love the song New Wine. I don't know why I just thought of this, but you know the crushing and the crush, uh, the crushing and the pressing that grapes go through to make wine. Uh, you know sometimes it's part of the process and part of the journey, but it prepares you for what's on the other side. Um, you know, I love a saying that talks about uh, it's not just um, it's not just what you're waiting for but it's how you behave while you wait uh, and you know using the journey uh, to get to the other end
1: right and I'm not sure which bible verse it is but or or what chapter and everything but there's a section in there that talks about like putting wine into old wine skins you know correct so I just I I don't know I feel like that's spot on right Uh, with what you were saying too about like developing as a person and you know like you're renewed I guess you know it's kind of like the sense of what that message is talking about but I, I really like that. Um, I, I'm gonna read from Galatians 5 and it's gonna start from 13 through 23. And uh, this is the NLT version, but this is uh, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're If you are biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not obligated. You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear: sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, uh, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, uh, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness wild parties, and other sins like these. But let me tell you again, as I've had before, that any living that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces these kinds of fruits in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So that's Galatians 5, 13 through 23. Nice.
2: Um, love the verse.
1: Yeah, man, like, it, it's, a, it's a little mouthful, but.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, the main thing for me, I, hearing it that sticks out to me, I mean, the golden rule, man, love God, love people. And if we could get back to that, you know, if you can hang your hat on loving God, and loving people, man, I, I think a lot of stuff's going to, uh, you know. And, I mean, you say love God, and what does that mean? I mean, you, you it's going to definitely have to take getting in the word, knowing what his word says. Uh, but if we can get to that uh, you know I, I think that brings a lot of sense of peace um, and then loving people man you know just you know helping helping where you can you know serving serving leadership um, things of that nature uh, it makes all the difference in the world
1: right for sure and I, I find especially like if you're a new newer believer like doing things alone is not the way to do them you know what I mean like you go reach out find like other like light-minded people people that are equally okay. looked to yoked issue is not just specifically for a relationship like it can be you know like friendship wise and things like that but like being surrounded by the like-minded people is going to help you grow
2: oh for sure and that's in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish that's in life that's in faith that's in running i mean me uml ran this morning um i was literally thinking about mile seven i'm glad to have these guys here because i think i'd probably shut it down by now Uh, (laughs) um But just community man i mean it says in proverbs iron sharpens iron is one man sharpens another so um i think it's definitely important um to have like-minded individuals in whatever you're trying to accomplish um uh and just the importance of community
1: absolutely and the thing that really sticks out to me about that reading i just read if um uh, go to 17 it says the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants and the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And it says these two forces are constantly fighting each other. Oh yeah. And I mean like, dude, like if you really think about that, like how often do you want to do like something that's the right thing to do? Or, you know, like, I don't know. It can be as simple as like taking out the trash or whatever, but like in that moment, like, Oh, I'm lazy right now. Or like, I don't feel like getting up or, and then like, I don't know, your wife's like, why didn't you take out the trash? You said you were going to take out that's the trash. That's a great example. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it could be something yeah. just simple as that it, and then you're like, oh, I don't know, you know, but it's like mentally, something was telling you not to do it and something was telling you to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, that's just like one little example, but I don't know, like something that I personally struggle with that I told you about before in the past was like like the sex thing, like the yeah. sexual immorality and everything, and like that's something that still is like bogging on me bad, you know, yeah. and So, like, with me and the new girl, we have agreed to, like, not, you know, pursue, like, having sex and stuff until we get married or whatever, if that becomes the case, you know, if this is God's plan for us. But uh, I don't know. It's just, like, it's tough to, like, really say that and then to do that. Oh You know what I mean? I
2: mean, we we are. We're men, and, you know, the Bible, God made sex, uh, you know, it's just. uh, But, again, it's something that's kind of in 2024 is just you know pretty common to happen so um and it's it's, sex isn't a bad thing it's out of marriage is a bad thing uh so um that is a little bit part of our journey um it's something we were intentional about and again it it came back to having community around us and you know having like-minded individuals that you know we're going to hold us accountable so um that's great that you know you you guys are kind of on that path
1: right and like literally last night we was just reading this uh devotional it's actually about like it we're doing one right now that's about couples and this one specifically was about sex which was kind of funny cuz like we had been talking about like this like constantly like, you know what i mean like it's yeah. just like not saying that that's all we talk about but like it's like something that we're focusing on to like become better at you know and uh it talks about like you just said like many. Uh, relationships, is, all right, so I will just start reading rather than just say what it says. <laughs> so it says, let's keep it real for a moment. Many dating relationships should have ended years ago, right? But it says, but people stay and hope for the best simply because sex is great. It says, sex is impacting our world more than we want it to admit. It says, I have, I have realized over the years that, um, that to learn a, a subject properly we need to have the right teachers. And that goes right back to what you were saying about having like-minded people around you and stuff. And it says, when we allow ourselves to be with our unsaved friends at school or at work to be our guys for sex, we end up in the bed with people that we never should have committed to or simply had sex with because everyone else is doing it. Just like you said, like microwave society, instant gratification, whatever the case is. you know. And I find that that's like, you know, it's like the world's culture of yeah. today. And like you were saying earlier, like seeking desires of the world, you know, like uh, worldly possessions and things like the truck or whatever. Like if you're only seeking a relationship for sex and then you get it, then then what? And then you're after the next girl because you want what yeah. you want it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my biggest growth factor. And like I haven't. You know personally had sex since i started this journey yeah you know like i've been focusing everything like on my faith and like trying to renew who i am and like you know like i cut back on the drinking thing and yeah. you know like i don't in know house. i just like completely flipped who i was yeah. and
2: and i think something i've seen in my own walk is it it used to come to like i'm i'm really having a uh you know shy away and you know i, I that stuff was used to be fun and you know i'm i am far from perfect uh believe me i'm preaching to myself but uh the more i got into the word the more i started to learn more about god it, it kind of transformed into the desire shift to well, i want to you know i want to do the right thing i don't want to do you know what i used to and kind of how you said the renewing of um, strength uh, the renewing of oneself and just you know your desires shift uh, to what really matters and um, I think it's awesome, you know, for y- you and your, uh, the relation journey you're in now, you said it, um, uh, y'all are just in two different, you said, you know, two years ago, you, this would never work, you know, but that's part of the, the journey in which you've kind of been through. So, right. um, I think y- y'all are definitely on the right path. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to be like leading out into the future because I don't know. It's like, we're both equally yoked now. Yeah. That's how I at least feel but yeah, so you're involved with all the church talk. Yep. So you're involved with your, uh, your church youth group yep. at healing place, right? Yeah. So what all do you do? I guess. Uh, involved. So with we them?
2: serve weekly on, at youth on Wednesdays. Um, I am, we're both small group leaders. Uh, I, I handle the 12th grade guys. Um, and I, my wife, she's kind of bounced around a few, so I don't want to, uh, she's just one of the small group leaders as well. um, uh and yeah again we serve on Wednesdays uh weekly and then um there's other different uh, i guess events we have we had winter weekend two weeks two last weekend uh with our high schoolers uh, which is kind of just like a weekend church camp uh we have our middle school one coming up next weekend uh so uh, i'm going to see if we can avenge our loss from last year um <laughs> feeling confident but we'll have to see what happens Um, and then we also are involved with our young adults group as well, uh, which is twenties through thirties, I believe. Um, and we meet on the second and fourth Sunday of every month. Um, so, um, again, kind of community, you know, people our age walking through things we're walking through, um, you know, is, uh, another, uh, group we, we love being around.
1: Yeah, um, something that I want to mention, I guess, and a reason that it took me, I guess, so long to become involved with the like youth stuff at church, because like now I've been going every Wednesday and yeah. stuff, but um, I guess the reason why it took me so long to get involved with going to churches on Wednesday with like people my age is because I felt like since I was doing the lustful, sinful acts, you yeah. know, like drinking and whatever it may be, that I don't belong there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people are likely in that position too.
2: Yeah. And I think the cool thing about it is you go there and you realize the dude next to you, are struggling with the same thing. Right. So it allows you to air it out and, you know, get it off your, your chest. Cause, um, you know, that's kind of what the devil wants is for you to keep it inside and keep you convicted and keep you from going, be right. attached and be a part of a community. Uh, cause if he can keep you by yourself, keep you isolated, um and keep you with that mental battle then you know you're not growing and becoming uh or learning more uh, about christ so um yeah I've, I've seen it time and time again of you feel like the worst person ever and you air something out and the dude next to you's like dude i literally am struggling with the same thing uh right. so and uh,
1: i feel like so many people just don't say anything because yeah. they're like oh i'm, I'm the only one yeah. you know what i mean or like Oh, they're they're the perfect Christian because yeah. at church a lot of people just like paint themselves out yeah. to be like I'm this great person or this you know whatever, yeah. but uh, behind closed doors they're yeah. you and know and I think
2: finding those guys that you really can go deep with that are gonna tell you the truth the ends and I mean are one of our the messages our pastor gave talked about meeting when you're talking with a good good close Christian friend of what's the last 10%, you know, that you're not going to tell that person, this person, what's the last 10% you're struggling with. Cause I mean, you know, it, dude, is everyone's got their own. You can, everyone can sit there and act like they've got it figured out. Um, but myself included, man, if you sit down, look at it long enough, everyone's struggling with something. absolutely um, so, um, but I think it all comes down to being able to have someone you could sit down and talk, talk with and talk, talk things through and, you know, how can I get out of this? Uh, Which I think we have in our, you know, friendship, um, you know, obviously with multiple others as well. So, um, it just comes back to community. Yeah, absolutely. I freaking love that, man. Like, that's
1: spot on and that's exactly why I want to talk about this stuff because, like, I I know I didn't fully tell you everything I was going to dive into but, like, I kind of give you, like, some talking points but I I just wanted to be real. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm tired of everybody, like, Oh, he knows everything, or like you know, like we're these like perfect Christian people. Like, obviously, we're not. That's why I'm yeah. like getting. I mean, obviously, I'm putting myself out there. I'm vulnerable. You know, like letting all these people hear this. But yeah. like, it's just it is what it is. Right. And like, if what I say can impact one person, and you that know, it makes it worth it. It makes it worth it, for sure. So I mean, I'm not after the the 1.2 million yeah. sh- streams per episode, yeah. like you know, Joe Rogan or it, and it may, I mean, yeah. if God blesses like our convo for that to explode, then yeah. that was his will, you know? But like I said, like currently it's just like, if I can just impact one person's life, then that's all that matters. Definitely. Um, also you're a trainer at, uh, at 45, right? Yeah. Tell us about how you got involved with that, I guess.
2: Yeah. So I've been there, shoot, I will make a year in April, um, so, I uh, my wife used to work out there. Um, I would go occasionally do a little drop in class, um, and kind of enjoyed the vibe. Um, and then one day I took one of the Saturday classes, which is uh always fun. There's a DJ, um, it's a longer class, it's an hour, um, usually a cardio type workout. Um, and I took the class, and the owner happened to be there, and we got to hit it off. Uh, he actually used to play baseball at LSU, um, and he just We kind of hit it off, and he texted Caroline that night um, and asked if we would be, uh, or if I would be interested in coaching. Um, And something I had, you know, prior to that, honestly, man, I hadn't, I was running and lifting on my own and, you know, didn't really feel like I'd even have the time. But um, he asked me about it. I kind of thought about it, prayed about it, and, you know, felt like it would be good for me um just meeting new people networking um and also just um i love again love people love fitness um it's very organized uh it's not too much not too little but you know i'm able to help people uh, in their fitness journey so something i'm all for passionate about um and you know you meet some great people Uh, i love you talk about community I, i love being around you know, like-minded individuals that are trying to maximize their health, um, you know, and that's young, old, and everything in between. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy it there. I really enjoy the people um, and just the environment in general. Right. Do you feel like, uh, I guess, working at F45 uh, part-time and stuff, does that,
1: like, help impact your your career? Well, not career, your, um like,
2: fit, f- physical fitness goals and things like that? Um, I, I, I do take some of the classes every now and then. Um, I, I kind of, I, I primarily though, I, I do some one-on-one personal training outside of the gym. Um, and that's kind of more so when I, uh, focus on my own, uh, personal, personal training. Right. Um, I, I try to, when I'm there, I try to make it about them and, um, you know, their goals and what they're trying to accomplish in form. Um, uh, but I mean, it's fulfilling. I can tell you that uh, right. just from the sense of. You know watching someone come in who set a goal to uh you know lose weight or get in better shape whatever it looks like um and seeing them progress um just from form wise and strength wise is always a great feeling
1: for sure um all right let's talk about i guess our uh marathon stuff and yeah. hybrid athlete goals um yeah. so currently i'm still in the the marathon training block that yeah I set out for myself like an idiot <laughs> 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 to do three marathons in 90 days. Yeah, but um, awesome. yeah, so the as of, as of this recording, the uh, marathon is in eight days. Nice. But um, that's marathon number two. Um, but I want to talk about like for you and me combined, because we kind of set some goals together yeah. to do a Boston Marathon in 2026. Yep. So how do you think from where we're sitting right now, and to get to that point, everything that needs to change between our lives to get to that level.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, when I look at it all and I hear, you know, I I think it can get scary to think of, man, that's not for another two years, or, you know, I, I, for me, I'm not planning to run a full marathon again until Louisiana 25 will be my BQ attempt, um, and I think it can be um, easy to get distracted, or, man, that's so far off, I've got time, but uh for me and you i think it's going to come down to consistency and um i've kind of really laid out my year from i'm very intentional about planning and uh, i'm big on clarity and knowing where i'm trying to get to um because i think when you're clear on where you're trying to go it makes it um very intentional and you know there's not really much options you got as far as what you're trying to do um it the the choice is simple you got to do what it takes Um, I think I'm going to continue to expand my knowledge a lot um, just as far as running and mixing up different intervals um, and stuff like that. Uh, But I think it's going to come down to consistency uh, and just, you know, getting up and pounding the pavement and, you know, even when I don't really want to. And, um, you know, I've kind of had some days where I I felt like I've slacked off here um, in the last two weeks or so. Um, But, you know, I'm able to get home and regroup and, you know, I, I know it's going to come down to consistency. Um, I, I don't want to look back when I'm racing, you know, in 2025 at the Louisiana Marathon, I think, man, you know, I wish I had went harder in, uh, you know, January, February, March, April. Cause um, when I PR'd my 23 minutes uh, this past year, you know, I didn't really run at all after I ran in Houston, you know, I, I kind of really took pumped off the brakes. I was probably running maybe 50 miles a month. Um, I've kind of set a goal of 120. I'm also really trying to up the mileage, um, building that aerobic base, sticking to its own too. And uh, so just the consistency and the discipline to uh, my easy days, easy, my hard days, hard, and, you know, mixing up that interval training. Um, I know we're going to do some uh, shorter races and try to crush some goals as far as 5K, 10K, um, stuff like that. Um, and I think all that's going to play a huge part into, you know, getting that bq time and going sub three and uh hopefully being able to cross that finish line and pound my chest. yeah for sure um <laughs> yeah i mean i i kind of envision
1: like what it will be like to cross the finish line at boston but it goes back to like what i was saying about like god's plans for you like if you knew the amount of hard work and things that it was going to take for you to achieve that goal you probably aren't going to want to do yeah. it You know what I mean? It's going to have to be one day at a time, the consistency, like you said, every day doing it, even whenever you don't want to. And that's the biggest thing. Is sure.
2: And, again, I mean, it goes bad to God's plan. I mean, what if you get out there in mile eight, you you tweak something. Like maybe it just wasn't meant to be, you know, but does that mean that all the work you put in was worthless? No. I mean, I would hope I got something out of, you know, sacrificing it all for – you know a year period knowing what i was trying to get after and you know sometimes you just come up short and again that applies to life sometimes you're going to do all the right things you're going to work harder than the next guy um and a dude who's never running his life shows up and runs a sub three that day and you're just like man like how does that happen uh and that doesn't you know take credit away from them that's awesome and you know great for them but uh and it doesn't take anything away from you either uh you know you you put in work and you know sometimes it just doesn't plan out uh and that's 100 percent okay that's you know sometimes just part of life yeah for sure like you
1: said life's not fair thanks it it never will be like this world owes nothing to you and you don't know owe anything to it either you know what i mean uh you were born with nothing you'll leave with nothing you know uh man i I don't know what else to really ask at this point. Like, I feel like we've pretty much hit everything on topic. I mean, we kind of express our goals that we have. I mean, after March 17th, I'm going to start tapering off of long distance. Um, Probably the longest distance I'll run again will probably be like a half marathon distance like we did today, like maybe every other week. But I don't plan on doing anything further than that until the fall. Yeah. And the reason why is going to start incorporate, like you said, a lot of sh- short-distance training to get faster and build a lot more strength training and stuff. And yeah. I'm and try I to think s-
2: that's something I've seen for huge of – I mean, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to balance it and what that looks like because, I mean, just from an athletic background, I I mean, not in a bragging sense of anything, but I do feel like I'm stronger than your average runner, if that makes sense. So, 100%. Um, <laughs> it. <laughs> It kind of, for me, is a conflicting battle sometimes of, like, yes, I still want to push it, but, like, I don't know. I also weigh 185 pounds, so I'm trying to shred a little bit, uh, right. but I also still want to be strong. I want to be able to get under the bar and, you know, all right, Jimmy, you want to, you want to get on the bench? Let's get on the bench, you know? So, right. um, I think I've come to terms with losing a little bit of strength, because I have here in the last few weeks, being that I've upped my mileage to 30 consistently a week, and um, but that's okay with me. I mean, I still – I can, you know, I can bench 225 pretty consistently uh, for 15 plus. Uh, so, I, I'm again, I, I feel like strength-wise, it's just how do I keep – put like do I push that? Do I taper it back? So, you know, kind of just a mental battle for me. Um, and then legs also, you know, I am again feel like I can – I've always, since I was young, been able to get underneath the bar and move some weight. Um, but, you know, I don't – Strong legs or fast legs, um, but at the same time, like I don't know, just trying to figure out how much strength. Yeah, how much strength do I really need? You know, um, so again, comes back to knowledge. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you can ever have enough. So just continue to learn and um, follow guys, uh, but also want to try to break the stereotype. I, I feel like you should be able to lift heavy and run. Um, I see, you For know, sure. guys like Nick Bear do it. So. Um, i do consider myself 100 percent a hybrid athlete um and i will continue to operate like such right
1: yeah i mean that's spot on i mean we're both along the same path i feel like you definitely have more of the strength side and i feel like i do have a little bit more on the running but oh, yeah. i mean For sure if we meet in the middle we'll yeah. definitely make it work and we'll be able to push the weight and run the distances that we want to do definitely but definitely. dude i greatly enjoyed having you on today you got yes, anything sir. else you want to add man
2: no nah, man i appreciate the opportunity yeah i'm uh, looking forward to it i've enjoyed i'm <laughs> um, getting to listen to the content you've made thus far so uh to be on it again huge opportunity i'm um, thankful to be a part
1: i yeah, appreciate that man and uh i guess just final note we need to remember not to overtrain <laughs> <laughs> no did no doubt appreciate it Gavin. yeah thank you guys for tuning in this week and as always it's time for you to get back on your grindstone so you can achieve the next milestone
0: I've been set free I've got a long way to go but Lord I know there's not a step I'm gonna take when you're not with me I've got a long way to go but Lord